Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by David McDonald. It is Tuesday, 23rd of May, 2023. This is episode 259. Damon, how are you? I'm good. I feel so bad. Uh, poor Joel is... The, I don't even think the sun's up over there. Uh, <laughs> it's like four o'clock in the fucking morning. I feel terrible. But we had to do a show. And um, lo and behold, here it is. So if you hear... Whispers and very soft because Joel has a family that's probably trying to sleep. So, uh, God bless, God bless Joel Abraham. God bless me. Well, and and pay me as well. So, <laughs> go to redcircle.com forward slash what's the what's oh, super link? Redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast. Yes. Throw a bit of money my way for waking up <laughs> for it because it's really important to discuss resurgence. And it was a, a very newsworthy show. It's been a newsworthy weekend. Yeah. In the world of Japan Pro Wrestling. So a lot to talk about. Um, where shall we start, Damon? Well, um, I do have exciting news. If you want to just kind of just touch on that uh, briefly, very briefly. Uh, I got an Xbox, an Xbox Series X. That's it. <laughs> and if you got, if you, if you, what games have you got for it? Well, I got it specifically because I wanted to play uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Like I, I loved the idea of it, and I've been a little bit obsessed with it. And just looking at like the computer setups people have, it's just unbelievable money. But people say that 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 the Xbox will do it just fine. Um, you might not be able to get a lot of the you know downloads that you can on a computer, but uh, yeah, I have that, and I have uh, NHL twenty three, so I had to get the hockey game. But yes, it's here. I'm I'm right next to it. It's uh, it's exciting. I flew. I fl- I flew from Seattle to to uh, Vancouver. How about that? Huh? <laughs> I've never played any of those flight simulator games. What's what's the appeal? The appeal is flying an airplane. Like it's. I mean, over and above that of say like like it's a simulator. Like there's no mission well there are missions but um you don't have to do them but it's just flying a plane and it is so relaxing and peaceful and i don't know it's fun you you know you, I, I don't know it, but it's not like 
you finish the game, right? There is no finish the game. Landing the plane, I guess, would be finishing the game. But you just, I don't know. I just, I find it incredibly relaxing. And not for nothing, the graphics, like, you know, you're in the air and you're looking. It, it, it's it's unbelievable how detailed it is. It's just unfucking believable. Um, so I guess it's that. I don't know. It's 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 an old man game, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I love it. I really do. I really, I find it so much fun. Do you make jokes and references to the hit comedy movie Airplane? Of course. <laughs> I, <laughs> give me ham on five, hold the mayo. Yes. It's one of my favorite don't movies. Don't call me Shirley. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, one of my favorite movies of all time. So yes, I am. Uh, I, I will make a reference or two according to uh, where I am and how I'm doing and uh, I have a little blow up pilot that I <laughs> pops. <up. laughs> oh yeah. Leslie is it, is so is it great. possible to, <laughs> is it possible to crash the plane in these flight, flight simulators? Great and question. Just go down in a huge ball of flaming right. wreckage. Right. Uh, you know, crash into a building or some shit. Uh, not really. Like, so you can put a plane down. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't blow up. There's no spectacular. It literally doesn't. It just dies on the ground. Like There's no explosion. I guess they do that just to not have sick fucks do that. I, I don't know. But um, you again, you can put the plane down, but you're it's not going to be as spectacular as as you want it to be. Like my landing stink right now. So I'm really trying to get down my landings. And uh, a couple times I was just like, oh, just the fucking plane <laughs> fucking tumbling down a runway. <laughs> oh, my whole flight crew died. Everyone died. Oh. <laughs> but if, if you, you know, have you ever been on an airplane where the pilot does a really nice, smooth job landing yes. and people applaud? Um, It's kind of silly, but I like, here's the thing. I get it in the sense of like, I mean, I couldn't do what they did, and you know, you know, I think it's a little overblown for the applause. But uh, yeah, like if I teach a fantastic maths lesson, I should get applause as well. Yes. But I, I don't. Yeah, I guess they're marvelled at the idea of a multi-ton vessel being in the air, and they made it to their destination safely. Uh, I guess they, I guess they still are uh, blown away by the idea of flight. Um, I, on the other hand, am just <laughs> trying to get off the fucking plane. <laughs> Please get me off. Please get me off. And maybe I'm thinking too, like if I understand more about the flying, then maybe I'll have a little bit more okayism with when it comes to getting on an actual plane. Uh, and then aside from that, Joel, uh, I got. So uh, you're familiar with U2, of course, right? The band. Uh, they are uh, having a residency in Las Vegas at a new venue called The Sphere. Google The Sphere if you can. Uh, this place is unbelievable. It's it's a sphere. It's a circle. It's a, it's a fucking ball in the middle of Vegas uh, that is custom made for concerts. And they have apparently like a huge LEDs, like supposedly the biggest in the world, and blah blah blah. So uh, December, I'll be going to Vegas. Check them out. It'll be fun, fun times. 
Is that some sort of code for a scoop you've got? <laughs> no, YouTube is not the new code. No, it is not. I got no scoops. I got nothing. Uh, I tell you what, though, we, it's uh, man. I tell you, sometimes sometimes you see it in sports where you know players are just going down left and right. And I kind of feel like New Japan's in that players going down left and right, and it kind of sucks. So. Uh, you know, wherever you want to go first, we can go. But I think that's the big story of the day at this point, right? Yes, very much so. Um, where I w- let me let you choose. Hmm. Do you want to do Resurgence or Best of the Super Juniors? Let's do Resurgence first. Um, only because from a time perspective, it's the most recent. Yes. Um, would you like to go from the start of the show to the end or go in reverse chronological order and start at the main event and work backwards. Let's go uh, as the show progressed because I, th- I think that's important, especially for this show. I think as the show went on, it kind of told a little bit more of a story and I can help explain how I enjoyed the show. So yeah, let's go from t- bottom to top and then we'll just dance around bounce around as they do on Voices of Wrestling flagship and we'll bounce around best of the super juniors. Okay, so very helpfully, uh, the New Japan website has not got the results up yet. Jesus. So I'm going to go over to our friends at Cage Match because okay. I'm sure they've got it. Uh, that's best of the super juniors. What are they uh, doing over there with that website? Gotta get the results who, up. Who is responsible for updating oh, this website? Because I, I think... <laughs> Whoever is responsible for uploading these results should be fired. <laughs> they should be flogged. <laughs> <laughs> they should be. They, we should be able to shoot things in your anus uh, as punishment. <laughs> Large. Whoa, what? What are we shooting in? <laughs> well, I got a. I got a gabagool. Um, did you ever see? Uh, I don't know which one it was. What, what? What Austin Powers it was, but the scene where. It's like they're behind uh, like this tent thing, and all you see is the shadows. And the, yeah, and she's pulling shit out of his ass. It's so yeah. juvenile, but I swear to God, I laugh every time I see that fucking scene. Yeah, that is a great series of movies. So I've not not watched them for a while actually, but uh, yes. All right, let's go. Did you see the kickoff matches? <laughs> I did. I don't think anybody in the building. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. So this is a new Japan strong resurgence. This took place uh, 21st of May in the Wolves pyramid in Long Beach, California, attended by a pretty healthy 2,903 fans, but you wouldn't know it no. from into the kickoff matches where uh, I, you know, I was excited. I tuned in for the show, looking forward to two of my favorites, the DKC versus Bateman. And, uh, it, I thought they, the pandemic had hit again. I thought we were back to empty arena crowds because uh, the first few matches, there were about uh, three fans there, uh, which was not a good visual. Apparently, it's the security line at the Walter Pyramid. So Doing what? What are they well, checking for? I, I don't know. <laughs> Seriously, what uh, are they checking for? Um, wrenches. Apparently, there's been a big problem with that in New Japan recently. Uh, but I've heard people were waiting like for 30 minutes trying to get in and the doors only opened 20 minutes prior to the bell oh. so just absolute clown infrastructure 
uh, as was the sound mixing yeah. for uh, the broadcast, as was the ringside wonky cam. So <laughs> your usual uh, New Japan strong live broadcast bullshit going on there, making it look like fucking amateur hour. It really does. I, I mean, I hate to harp on it, but man, oh man, it fucking is. A, it just looks fucking indie pro wrestling, man. It does. It, it just looks like an indie pro wrestling show. And I will say this to Joel. Uh, at, aside from the ring inter- introductions uh, to a certain degree, and uh, aside from the ring apron, did did this feel like a New Japan show at all? Um, I feel at this point that these strong shows have their own identity right. and vibe, which is quite distinct from the product we get in Japan. I hate to use the word brand split, but that's what it feels like at the moment. It doesn't it doesn't feel an authentically new Japan experience. No. It really doesn't. It it it, it, it not for nothing it feels like the furthest thing from a from a legitimate new Japan experience. I it just I don't know. I just I I know, I know we're trying to save money and I know we're trying to yeah, it just doesn't. It, I, uh, I don't know. I just don't feel like I'm watching a New Japan show when I watch these shows, and I'm not. I'm watching a New Japan Strong, and which you're right, it does feel like a brand split, like a, a completely unneeded brand split. But it's like when you get all these fucking randoms showing up, <laughs> it just feels like what do I what do I watch in here? Like seriously, and and this is not a knock on the guy. At all, because I actually enjoy watching him. But Christopher Daniels, <laughs> why? What are we doing? Like, I, uh, I don't know what we're doing. It just feels so. F- and, and not for nothing. Uh, I, if I say not for nothing one more time, fucking just put a shoe in my mouth. Um, What does Eddie Kingston have to do with New Japan Pro Wrestling? It's just all. Uh, Let's we forget the, the the man who ended the New Japan career of Jay White. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ask me why that happened, but uh, it did. Right, and uh, I'm not knocking Eddie Kingston by any stretch of the imagination. All I'm saying is, is that this it does feel completely separate and completely uh, detached. And then, you know, you get that one random match that feels like a New Japan match. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I think this is like a running theme of these shows. Like a lot of new prime New Japan real estate given to people who don't work for New Japan Pro Wrestling, right? Where you know, I think that was that case of point. I mean, if we if we could get onto the first match here, which was a uh, DKC defeating Bateman eight minutes, I've got a lot of affection for both these guys because you know they've been around for uh, uh, a lot of the. Um, the strong watching that I did during the plague era. Uh, I'm probably in the minority at this point, but I, I quite like DKC. I thought he got himself over fairly well in his limited charts in Japan. So I think he deserves another crack. I think he's got that sort of Alex Zane vibe of a guy who's perhaps a bit too corny for the US audience, but that's a bit different with the Japan crowd who uh, respect the heart and the energy that he shows. But again, a guy like that who... I think is you know he's young, he's talented, but being relegated to the pre-show, and, and I suppose I think this 
point more applies to Alex Coughlin, who we'll talk about in a minute. But uh, yeah, guys like this who are young up-and-comers who have come through their dojo system who I think should be getting more of a crack of the whip, but end up you know, resting in an empty arena uh, in a match that very few people are going to see. I felt so bad for them. I really did. Like I know when they w- went out that curtain and they saw what they saw, a lot of yellow, a lot of yellow seats. <laughs> uh, it was tough. I, I mean, there's no excuse for that. I felt terrible for them. Um, I think one of the weirder things, or maybe not weird, but just kind of had me, you know, took me back a bit, was um, the fact that they, it was it was mentioned that they're training, they're trainers in the dojo. I was like, wow, all right. Uh, that, I mean, that seemed a little, it seemed like they would be the people that would be learning instead of training, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't, I kind of thought that was odd. Yeah, because the, the head trainer is now uh, working for Ring of Honor. <laughs> New <laughs> Japan pro wrestling legend, uh, Shibata, the, he's the, what is he, the pure champion or? Uh, I don't know yeah, the like product, that. but uh, yeah, God forbid he actually wrestles for New Japan. Uh, but yeah, that's a, a separate point. But um, anyway, let's move on to Daniels, uh, Christopher Daniels versus Coglin. So yeah, this was uh, nine minutes. Alex Coglin got the win here. Who is this Alex Coglin? I don't, I don't recognize him. I've <laughs> definitely never seen him before in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring. Um, I, I know you. I take your point about Christopher Daniels. I, I like him. I acknowledge that he still has value. I thought the match was good. It made Alex look good. But like, is this the best we can do right. for Coglin? They've got to do something with him this year. Whatever it is, get him into Bullet Club or TMDK United Empire. I don't care. Just get him in the fucking ring wrestling matches that are going to be seen by more than 12 people. Um, so I really hope this is the start of a push, but yeah, sort of emblematic of what is, I think one of the problems with strong when we're giving spaces on the main roster to guys who have very little connection to new Japan, where actual, what I consider blue chip prospects are getting shunted to pre-shows. Right. And not only that, you mean to tell me there's not no one else in that dojo system that could that could fill that role? Like it that seemed kind of I don't know. I just I, these shows just leave me scratching my head. Just leave me scratching my head. I, uh, I mean, to be in the ring with Christopher Daniels, I'm sure is a nice little learning experience for Alex. The problem is, is that I think we're well beyond that point. Like I think we're we, like shit or get off the pot with him it's un it's 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 too slow and you're right nobody's going to see these matches and you know he's in there with a with a with a true professional wrestler but and he and he got the win and, and that's i feel like that's good but in the grand scheme of things it absolutely didn't matter one bit not one bit. And and here's a problem too. They just don't know what to do with them. That's what I think is the most frustrating thing. They don't know what to do with him. And he's been there for so long. It's uh, there's no one there that can come up with something fresh. I mean, and you're right. 
they could just plop him in Bullet Club and he'd be instant legitimate. But I mean, that is a absolute lazy, tired um, way to do things, and and they haven't even done that. <laughs> right? They haven't even done the most lazy, tired thing they could possibly do. They haven't even done that for the poor guy. So what are we going to do with him? You know what? What are we going to do with him? Uh, it's it's. Whew, I, I'm having a lot of trouble with the. Not only strong, but like the dojo system in the states. I just, I don't, I don't know where this thing has gone astray and off the fucking rails. But like, I, I will officially call it. They are off the rails at this point, and I don't. And and, and they're going to somewhat expand this, but not expand. Like, what are they doing? <sighs> Well, those are just wrestling classes, that whatever it is. I don't even know what it's called. I would say it's a mixed bag at this point because I look at what's going on with Clark Connors and Kevin Knight in Best of the Super Juniors, and I think, yes, that's good. Then I see Eddie Thorpe um, <laughs> spinning his wheels in NXT Level Up, whatever it's called, uh, and I think that's bad. And then I also see uh, Alex Coglin and Gabe Kidd, who cannot be found with a search party, and I think that's bad as well. Uh, so I just wish they would get their shit together and we could we have more of the uh, Clark and Kevin trajectories and less of the Eddie Thorpe, um, <laughs> Alex Coglin and um, Gabe Keller. Because I can't remember their fucking names because they never on the product. Uh, it's, you know, they'll be on like, I don't know why he's always on Philly shows, but yeah, Gabe Kidd's always on the fucking Philly shows. Um, I don't know, man. I don't, I, I just... I just, what promise Strong had really rapidly feels like it's falling through our fingers right now, like like sand. Um, and I don't I don't see it turning around. I don't see it turning around. And um, and you're right. Two guys are on a somewhat decent mid card projection, right? Like I don't see Clark Connors winning oh, a big boy belt. Do you? Like, uh, I could I could see him being junior champion maybe within the next two years. All right. I mean, I would hope something good would come his way from this, but uh, you know he does have the. I mean, they're they're. I I think they're investing in him. I think that they're actually trying with him, but in the same breath, like he is a small fish in a very big pond. So, um, like if, if anybody's going to get lost, it's going to be somebody in bullet club (laughs) just because it's spread so thin everywhere. Um, but he's a focus. He's a focus of new Japan now, as we say this. So one out of how many, (laughs) it doesn't, doesn't feel right. All right, well, let's get on to the main card then. So we started off with a tag team of El Barbaro Cabanario and Virus defeating Badu Tito and Zack Sabre Jr. It's great to see Zack and uh, Sick Cunt Tito, as he's now known, uh, finally tagging together. I really love the Zack and Virus grapple sequences. They were so good. Like one of the best 
pure grappling opponent Zach has had. There was all that Yave uh, maestro goodness. Um, I thought the Tito and Kavanaro sequences were great as well. Let's get Tito back in Japan, please. He is legitimately good. I'm not saying that for the movies. He's actually quality. And on paper, this was just an insane match to book, but a great opener. And I really hope we do get that Zach versus Virus TV title defense. Actually, just more Zach versus Luchador matches in general, please, because uh, it's a great mix. Yeah, the styles are, you know, so different, but yet still so much fun. It's unbelievable. Um, great opener. I thought this. I thought this really delivered. Um, and again, Zach, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, there's uh, that him. And again, I know this is a tag match, obviously. Uh, but him and that TV title and um leading that faction. Pff, what a what a breath of fresh air he is. Like he just. You know, we talk about Robbie Eagles and how he always delivers. It kind of feels like Zach always delivers, um, whether it's opening match, whether it's mid card, whether it's top of the top of the show, always delivers. Um, I liked uh, Tito. Bad luck. Bad. I keep wanting to call him bad luck, but it's not bad luck. It's bad dude, Tito. Um, I thought he was fine. I thought Kavanario was good. I liked everything. I, I I don't, you know, that's a the the crowd is filing in, and yet still, you know, in a in a somewhat emptier building, even though people were filing in and finally getting to their seats. Uh, that's a tough spot to be in. It's not like everybody was all ramped up and ready to go, but it felt like the match. They got the crowd into it, um, and that could have easily bombed because, again, it was just people <laughs> were just going to their seats, and yet it still felt like they they were able to hook him in. So good job by them, good opener, um, and a good way to start. And next we had the New Japan Strong Women's Title Tournament semifinal match with Mercedes Monet defeating Stephanie Vaquer of CMNL. Uh, just an incredible reception for money. The crowd were just unglued every time this woman appeared and did anything. It's fantastic. Just great to watch. Real superstar energy there. And yeah, maybe I'm telling on myself with my own ignorance because when I saw the lineup for this tournament, I was like, oh, I was, I was fearful for what it would be like because I haven't heard of uh, a lot of the wrestlers involved. But Stephanie Vaca was fantastic. She yep. was so good. Very crisp, speedy. I'd, I'd love to see her back in uh, New Japan in the future. Monet, extremely good at this pro wrestling thing. To the surprise of very few people, this match was really good. Uh, New Japan, I think they did a really good job with their women's matches. I'm not going to call it a division because they're, you know, they're boring wrestlers from other companies, but they've yet to put on a bad match. They've had rush matches, but that feels like more of an anomaly. The bar has been consistently high, and, and this match was no exception. Yeah, they were two for two, you know, going going into the show. Well, not going into the show, but, you know, the, the start of the show. She's unbelievable, Monet. Like, like truly unbelievable. It's, I don't, I, you know, people will bitch and moan about WWE and how that style and their production and, you know, everything just feels 
at best hokey and at worst just incredibly dumb. But there is something to be said about a person like that. And again, being on TV helps. Being you know easy, easily found helps. What a star! Like I, I'm hard pressed to find just about anybody. You know, Mox. I'm sure. Um, you know, Tanahashi, and even Will to a certain degree. She is head and shoulders above, I would say, three quarters, maybe even more, of the roster, of the New Japan roster. She's, she's, I hate, pardon the pun, she's money. Like, it's, it's baffling how much just star power she has. Um, and again, like, okay, so the, the, the attendance of this was, just a shade under three thousand. Without money on this card, <laughs> does it does it do half that? No, I mean maybe half, maybe half, maybe. You know, yeah. She's these fans I, came for Mercedes Monet. Yeah, and and you could, you, and, could, you could hear it, you could feel it. Yeah, and the first time, right? I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that that whatever they're paying her is worth its weight in gold. Like it's it's fantastic. It's well worth. There is there is a return on investment. Absolutely. Um, I I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get into it in a second. But you know, it's it's unbelievable how fucking bad luck New Japan Pro Wrestling has. But uh, like, I think this match delivered, and she's delivered every time they've asked her to deliver. Um, and she does new stuff and she really works her ass off and she really, uh, you know, she does new stuff and she's not afraid to take chances and, you know, maybe that's a detriment at this point, but yeah, what a, what, what a star. And, and here's the thing too, as, as, as much as I think new Japan has treated her well, I don't know. Like, could they? They have. A, they have some. A, they have a a a piece that they. I don't think they've capitalized on yet, right? Like, I don't know. I just feel like there's so much more that can be done with her that they had. They they've just scratched the surface with her. They've just scratched the surface, and it's already been great. So. Anybody who's bitched and moaned and complained about, oh, we have stardom and why do we have to have a this and you know, and trust me, I I get it, I understand. She's 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 the best thing on these fucking U.S. shows. I got news for you, it's she's delivering every time out. And the second semi-final for the women's title tournament was Willow Nightingale defeating Momo Kogo in 9 minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, I was told in our Discord that both these wrestlers were presented as jobbers. Not that they were bad wrestlers, more a comment on their booking in their respective company. So I don't know how accurate that is, but I wasn't expecting much here. But again, massively over-delivered on my expectations. I thought it was going to be a glorified squash match just based on how small... Momo looked, but it was uh, surprisingly competitive. 
thought both wrestlers came away with their stocks rising. And yeah, New Japan is just quietly uh, putting on the to the best women's wrestling uh, outside of stardom. Seriously. I mean, I mean, isn't that the truth? It's, it is crazy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, at least on these shows, it proved, um, it, it proved your point. It's, and, and, and not for nothing, these, I said it again, but, um, largely these, uh, Willow and what was it? How do you pronounce it? Is it Mama? Moma? Momo? Momo. Momo. We're both somewhat, and you could tell, somewhat unknown, right? I had zero expectations going into this match. None. Because I, I'm just not that familiar with with both of their work. Un, I thought they, I thought they, to me, I thought they hit the ball out of the park. Like people know who they are. Let's put it that way. People know who they are now, um, and I think people I want them to come back. Yes, and want to. Bing, 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 winner. Yep, absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. That and 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 to me. That's over and above what I expected. You know, I figured it was just going to be a match. And, you know, we're just leading up to the, the finals. So, you know, Monet can take the belt and away we go. Everyone leaves happy. That's not the case. This match was really stellar. Again, not the greatest thing you'll ever see. Of course not. But well worth a watch and well worth the placement. And well worth them bringing them in, and well worth kind of telling the story leading up to the finals. I got no complaints, man. I got no complaints, and it it it, it overshot my expectations. So, uh, what more can you ask? All right now, uh, while we're on the topic of complaints, uh, we had a street fight where Juice Robinson defeated Fred Rosser in twenty three minutes and mm-hmm. ten seconds. Uh, I will say. It's a, a crying shame Juice doesn't get more promo time in AEW because he's so good on the mic. The promo he cut on uh, Fred Russell was fantastic. Now, that said, uh, back to the point we were discussing earlier, I'm not sure why we're giving this much New Japan time to a guy who, by all accounts, is now an AEW employee. And I don't know who's decided that every New Japan of America show needs to have a plodding, hardcore walk and brawl, but uh, we really don't. Can we please have less of this and more of like... I don't know, just Alex Coglin versus Bad Dude Tito. Give them 15 minutes, right. and I will be happy with that. Now, to be fair, this was a lot better than the Rossa versus Archer match. It actually turned out to be pretty fun, but the booking was really weird. Who was supposed to be the heel here? <laughs> Why is the, the gay babyface forcing a kiss on the heel's wife? And first of all, yuck, don't do that, especially not when you're uh, you, you know, allegedly trying to appeal to women on a show when you're presenting your new women's title and then pull that shit. Don't do that. And leading to the crowd, cheering for him, getting the two-on-one beat down, and then he gets the sad baby face post-match walk to the back. What even is... What is... I can't... Why? <laughs> I know. I, I I swear to you, Joel, you, I agree with, like, every word that has just came out of your mouth. I am so sick and tired of the idea that the U.S. fans need to have these brawls on every single show, and especially Philly. Do you know how many Philly street fights I've seen? 
Ugh. It's so fucking enough already. Enough. Um, and yeah, that's that's a that look, that I I was watching that thinking, boy, people are not gonna be pleased with that. <laughs> like what they decided to do. I I just don't know. Like uh, the angle itself is weird. Like, like Rosser's gonna fuck Juice's wife. I yeah. It, uh, okay, <laughs> okay. That seems like an odd angle. And then we're going to go to you know, you know, the usual tropes of unwanted sexual contact and and i'm laughing because it just seems preposterous that this is still a thing in 2023 but i just don't know where or who is making those decisions because it feels like we are really dumbing down the fans of new japan pro wrestling in this country it really does. Someone, someone thinks that if, if these fans don't see someone getting hit with a trash can, that their faces are going to melt like in uh, End of Rangers of the Lost Ark. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like it, it, like it, like like this is, and 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 here's the thing, I think a lot of people can appreciate a good brawl, and and a good brawl uh, with you know it does wake people up to a certain degree. But in the other, on the other hand, it's it is. I don't know. I I just don't think we need to see it again, and I I just don't think you they give enough credit to the fans that they would. I I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if you polled everyone in that building, in that stupid pyramid, uh, what would you rather see? A twenty minute match between? Oh, I don't know fucking Osprey and I don't know, Zach. I'm just throwing two names out there uh, that can go. Uh, or a walk and brawl with the usual you know, nonsense that, that accompanies it. It's just, I don't know. I don't know why they feel like they need to do this. And, and, and I, I don't think I'm exaggerating. It is every U.S. show. I'm, I, I would I would love to see one, and again, a major U.S. show, and I consider this a, a, a major U.S. show, just once, just once can we not do the, once again, lazy. I feel like it's lazy, and I feel like it, it really, at this point, it's starting to diminish my enjoyment of, of these U.S. shows. Okay, and uh, more enjoyment was diminished uh, when Carl Fletcher came out to announce that Mark Davis is injured and Aussie Open are vacating both their tag titles. So now we've got uh, <laughs> Bishamon versus House of Torture double title match at Dominion, baby. Woohoo! Uh, I did see Great O'Connor mention that he wants in on that action. So hopefully he and Cobb or him, he and O'Connor can mix it up a bit because I have no desire to see House of Torture in a two or two. Uh, tag title match at this point. Uh, but yeah, very unfortunate news. Uh, Daryl says Aussie Open news is rough. Any word of Davis's injury when it happened, how long 
he will be out. Uh, no idea on that. But he also says, I hope you're thinking it. Is this injury a ruse to have us forget about the strong titles permanently? Seriously, why do we need these things anymore? I assume that they need this to be a double title match because they want strong tag champions leading into their uh, event that's coming up for uh, Corkin, right? July 4th and yeah. 5th, which we'll, we'll touch on later. So I assume that's why they want to have this. Uh, yeah, that. Uh, yeah, that's why they want new champions. But is there a, a function for these belts anymore? No. I said that as soon as the uh, New Japan decided that these strong shows were going to be specials rather than having a, a weekly product, that there was no reason to have a strong champion and strong tag champions anymore. And I stand by that. Right. But rough news on Aussie Open. That, that's a big loss because they've been one of the big highlights in New Japan this year. It's terrible. Terrible news. And and again, I don't know the extent of the injury, um, how long he's going to be out. Um, I wish they could have just fucking done something. Like, like all right, now, now I'm going to get into why do we make up rules as we go along? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we had titles. Like, Kenny Omega hasn't fucking... <laughs> we haven't seen Kenny Omega with a fucking U.S. title. And I know we're all building up to this fucking... To- via this tournament to kind of... Like, they just make up shit as they go along. Like, why do they have to relinquish the titles? <laughs> you know? Just kind of keep them out of the picture for a month or two. Like, nobody's going to be like, oh... <laughs> just have them do interviews and sh- I don't know. You can do something. It just seems weird. They just make it up as they go along. And I get it's pro wrestling, but for Christ's sake, can we have some fucking consistency here? Okay, they're injured. How long? Uh, nobody knows. All right, great. Oh, you can't defend the titles? Oh, give them up. Psst, silliness. All right, that's my rant for the day. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next match then, which was. Penta defeating Hikuleo by count out to win the AEW Strong Overweight title. What are we doing? Uh, There's me complaining about slow motion, hardcore Walker brawls. Uh, How about two, Damon? Mm. I mean, I think even calling this a match is generous. It was a spot, and it was a pretty cool spot. I'll give them that. It was a pretty gnarly bump from Hikuleo, but immediately put the title back on Kenta by count out, and the crowd cheered for it. I'm lost. I don't know what's going on anymore. (laughs) Uh, what what are we doing with Hikaleo? Is he d- going to be a tag team with Tamatok? Maybe it would be the worst thing in the world for both of them to just move on and go to WWE because at this point, the company is obviously not interested in uh, doing anything sustained with Hikaleo. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm serious. It feels like they just, like, they showed up at the building. They had no idea what to do. Um, and they just made it up as they went along. Joe, I, I understand that in New Japan Pro Wrestling, titles can change hands on account now. Fine, but fine. I'm, I really have to scratch my head thinking of when was the last time I saw a title change hands in New Japan on account now? Why account now? What, what? I just don't. And again, why? Why are we doing the? Why are we switching the title this quickly? New Japan does have a history of that one title defense, and you know we're, we're taking the belt off of them. And there is there is a history there, but like, why? 
<laughs> like, 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 here's the really one of the questions I have. What difference does it make if Kenta has that title or not? Is Kenta drawing in 5,000 people, 4,000 people? Who cares? Hikaleo has a, a, just so much more that, you know, it's so much more meaningful for him to have that title, even as low as the title might be or seem, than Kenta. Like, what? Like, like why? Like, why would, why would we do this? And especially, okay, so, and again, a count out. I don't know, man. This this show was so fucking weird. I I cannot I, I like just talking about it is just like I feel like I'm in like Earth Two. Like it just I don't I don't I I feel like I would be happier if I didn't watch these shows. I feel like these shows just completely frustrate the fuck out of me. Because I have no idea what in the fuck they're thinking. Who's... All right. Look, I don't want this to be negative Nelly podcast. But I would would rather Strong just go the fuck away instead of what we are seeing. It's really gotten out of control for me. Yeah, I hear you. I'm wondering if the sad I feel... um, if there was no, if there were no strong shows, it would be more than the sad I feel when I do watch them. <laughs> a, a legitimate question, right? Uh, anyway, we finish this with uh, Eddie Kingston challenging Kenta for that strong title. So uh, we've got July fourth and fifth, Independence Day at Coraquin Hall, and we have some talent announced for that. So Fred Rosser, Tom Lawler, Gr Kratos, West Coast Wrecking Crew, Rocky Romero. <laughs> Uh, Ed, Eddie uh, Kingston and Hiroshi Tanahashi all announced for that and both strong titles to be defended on that show I quite like the idea I mean I've, we've, I've been wanting some of those names to get a chance wrestling in Japan for a while except uh, it's another pay-per-view and uh, Bashur on our Discord put this best NJPW Strong in Japan is the wrestling equivalent of Street Fighter the movie the game <laughs> <laughs> It's look, I'm happy for people to get an opportunity to work in a in a building that I think is on every pro wrestler's bucket list. Thrilled for you. Um you pay for that? Nope. <laughs> nope. But, you know, here's the thing too. Are you, are you sure, David? Because you can see Rocky Romero wrestling in Coraquin Hall. I like Rocky. I do, but come on. What are we doing? Uh, you know, it, on one hand, we say... Yeah, he, sorry, this is not me dissing Rocky. Rocky's fantastic. Yeah. But just, just having him announce, like, hey, Rocky Romero, a guy who, like, hasn't worked a, a million shows at Coracan Hall before. Right. Uh, like, again, I'm I'm happy for people to get a spotlight on them. And in a certain degree, this is a, a spotlight for a lot of these guys. Um, and I think that's good, but <sighs> wow. What look, it feels remember those uh Lion Gate shows where they would have uh you know the dojo guys usually wrestling a dad or, you know in, in some capacity. Um 
those shows are better than than these. I'm not saying better from an in-ring perspective because um, there's a lot of good stuff still on these strong shows. But from a booking perspective and like a logic perspective and like a future of New Japan Pro Wrestling perspective, I feel like those shows are 10,000 times better than the nonsense that we saw uh, a couple days ago. Or actually yesterday. I, I Overall, I thought I enjoyed the show. I had fun watching it, but really? it, just, it really got derailed in the middle of it. I thought it started well. And it ended well, but just the middle of it, I was just like, oh, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> uh, but I mean, let's move on to the next yeah. match. So we had a Blackpool Combat Club. So that's John Boxley, Weaver Utah, and Shota Umino defeating Chaos Team of Okada, Rocky Romero, and Tomohiro Ishii. 90 minutes, 37 seconds. Shota looks like a silky chicken, uh, all fluffy, all white feathers everywhere, and his, his very, very fluffy head. He looks awful. Um, definitely needs to work on that. Uh, I did enjoy Okada throwing a beer on him. That was probably the highlight of this match. Um, the, the start of the middle was so-so, but it had a very hot closing stretch that I thought saved um, saved the match and made me wonder if we're moving towards an Okada-John Moxley singles match, maybe Forbidden Door, a little cheeky non-title match might be fun. Yeah, I, I mean, it does seem that way. Uh, you know, when Okada hit him with the Rainmaker, I thought that was uh, pretty telling, right? Um, why doesn't that excite me at all? Why doesn't an, an, an Okada Moxley match get me get me going? Uh, I don't. I I I don't know. I don't feel it. Do you feel that match? Um, I guess it's not something that I'm, you know, pants down for, but I'd watch it. I wouldn't, if it was happening in my garden, I would not close the curtains. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I guess, I don't know. I just, you know, we talked about Zach and we love the fact that he wrestles uh, guys that are completely different styles and it makes it really interesting. I, I just kind, I don't know, man, I'm tired of the brawling <laughs> that's really what it is i'm tired of brawling and i feel like there's yeah, no I'm, I'm not as high on mocks as a lot of u.s fans are i mean maybe we're wrong in the sense that we're you know do i i'm gonna throw it out there to the listeners i'm gonna throw it out there are you over these brawls on these shows, or I mean, are we out of, or are we out of line, or are we, I just feel like like this is not what we want. Um, and tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I think just having three matches that were wrestled in a fairly similar style uh, in the space of a show was uh, a bit much. But uh, yeah. anyway, we move on to. The IWGP United States Heavyweight Title Number One Contendership Tournament Semi-Final Match, where we lost Ray defeat Hiroshi Tanahashi in 16 minutes. This was perfectly good. Um, I can't remember anything about it. Uh, it was not as good as their G1 match that they had a few years ago. So we move on. We're going to have Osprey versus Lance Archer at Dominion. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Nothing to say about this. It was good. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, it was like you know, if you had both these guys and you found a way to downshift 
and <laughs> and uh, uh, you know only run at like you know half capacity. The I, I look, I remember, and I think it was G one, wasn't it? There was an Osprey Lance Archer match, and I thought that was pretty good with uh, Osprey being, you know, the guy who's going to take a lot of the bumps and bounce around the ring and power moves and you know that kind of stuff and the, and then you know the little guy fighting back against the giant uh that was four years ago yeah 2023 lance archer against will osprey um oh right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm with you i'm with you uh look do, uh, do you think that there is any chance that lance archer wins this match what are we going to have Archer versus Kenny at Forbidden Door? <laughs> I I would like to see it happen just to see people shit their pants. I'll tell you uh, what. But I wouldn't no. be surprised if they did that, and I'll tell you why. I mean, now you can have Archer do the job, and then now now the challenge is set into a even bigger building. Uh, that being Wembley Stadium. I don't know if you've heard of it. Uh, it's a big build. Would they would they do something like that, or are they going to go with the Will Kenneth final? Well, not final, but you know, you know the match. They are not having the reanimated corpse of Lance Archer defeating Will Ospreay at Dominion. That's not happening. <laughs> Will there be brawling to the outside? <laughs> Oh, how, how can you not? Can it's you Lance not? Archer in a in a New Japan match. That, I love that Lance, but does. this is uh, I don't know. It just feels like a, he's a safe guy that can take a loss. So I don't know. That's that's the only reason why I'm thinking he he has a shot at winning, uh, only because you're feeding him to Kenny. Um, it's just Tanahashi's right there. <laughs> if you wanted that, that was the play. I, I think so too. I, I definitely think so too, but I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want Tanahashi to fuck. Well, here's the thing too. I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth. But did Tanahashi refuse to job to Kenny Omega? Uh, That's I'm, it, right? Uh, no. <laughs> so it's like, right, okay, time, time for Kenny to get his win back from Wrestle Kingdom 13. And Tanahashi's like, eh, it doesn't work for me, brother. Doesn't work for me, brother. Uh, I ain't bumping for you. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just throw it out there. And again, the man is a miracle. The man can just, when the music hits and he goes through the curtain, all the pains and all the mileage vanishes into the thin air and he turns into Superman. Do you think that there is any hesitation on anyone's part that Tanahashi could deliver a 30-minute match against Kenny Omega? Yeah, possibly. I mean, he is slowing down, not as noticeably as with other wrestlers, and he's still able to put on a brilliant match. Personally, I wouldn't have any qualms about booking him in a spot like that because he just he always delivers. Uh, and anyone doubting his ability to deliver doesn't know Hiroshi Tanahashi. But I, I just I just think they want to run back that Omega Osprey match, and they want to do it at Forbidden Door, which is fine. Yeah, we're all looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Yeah, big building sold out. Let's have a let's have a big match. 
I I got no problem with it. I'm just trying to think of creative ideas, honestly, because it does seem like we're full steam ahead with that. And it's fine. That's good. Everybody wants that match. I want that match. But, you know, just seeing what we're doing here. Occam's Razor. Uh, all right. So main event then was the New Japan Strong Women's Title Tournament final match. Uh, Willow Nightingale defeating Mercedes Monet in 30 minutes. So this was notable for the huge pop after the bell. And the only time I can remember that happening was the Okada-Tanahashi match at Dallas. So again, I could just regurgitate all the same stuff about how big a star Mercedes Monet is, but that was that felt like a really special moment and uh, a testament to the work that's gone into building this uh, New Japan women's uh, quote-unquote division. I, I enjoyed the fact that when they changed her costume, she was now in uh, a Snow White costume. And this match was really great. started off great, hot crowds, Monet bumping like a ragdoll to make Willow look good. But then a slip and a broken angle... I mean, fair play to Monet for, for fighting through it. And I thought the ref fucked it up by not counting the first Dr. Bomb as a three. Uh, you know, great moment for Willow Nightingale. I don't know if that was the original plan. It was still a really, really good match despite the finish. But what shitty luck to have this happen. I mean, maybe maybe she did, just didn't want to work in front of AW fans. It's just like, no, fuck it. I'm not doing <laughs> Forbidden Door crack. <laughs> did it on purpose. But uh, no, it's just a, a real shame because had she not got injured, then I think the narrative would be about how great the women's matches were and how they saved this show and, you know, what a wonderful idea this was and how great all four of them did. But now it's it's all shit because she's hurt and that's shit. And I'm sad. <laughs> it is. It's, it's just unbelievable shitty luck for everyone involved. Um, the ladies stole the show. Um, there, there's no doubt about that. They were not only... Uh, the people that that people turned out for, and again, I'm, I'm sure people turned out for Osprey and Tanahashi, right? Um, but like, there were they 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 were the show. They absolutely were the show. Um, look, I don't know how long she'll be on the shelf. I don't know how long uh, the injury will be, and how and when. She'll be able to come back, but oh, <laughs> this fucking company can't catch a break, man. This fucking company can't catch a break. They had, you know, especially in the U.S. And and here's the thing too. I think in Japan, uh, uh you know, maybe the her introduction was a little clunky at at the dome, but. You know, that's debatable. But everything she's done has really been outstanding. Um, she's from every every indication, she's gone in with a with a with a great attitude and and a willingness to do whatever it takes to make her matches special. It's a shame. And here's the thing too. It's look, I I will be honest and tell you that I really didn't follow her career in WWE. I knew she was there. I knew that people were very high on her. I knew that people enjoyed a lot of her matches and thought a lot of her matches were some of the best, not only WWE women's matches, but WWE matches, period. Um, But 
I, you know, she really wasn't on my radar uh, a lot. I mean, of course I knew who she was. And of course, you know, but to say that I, you know, sat there and, and gave her uh, the rightful time of day, if, you know, as a pro wrestling fan, I probably didn't. Uh, she's done outstanding for New Japan. She's done outstanding for stardom. Um, and the fact that now that's, we're going to put that on hold and, and <sighs> it's just fucking really, 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 really is terrible timing. And it really sucks. I hope she, you know, look, if it's a broken ankle, people have come back from broken ankles. Um, I, again, I don't know the, 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 the length of her, uh, on the shelf, but the, the, the sooner, the better, you know, barring her re-injuring herself, I would love to see her in the ring sooner than later. And fingers crossed that that's the case because she's blue chip, man, blue chip. And it sucks when somebody like that goes on the shelf, you know, it's, it's, it, that's like Okada going on the shelf. I, I gotta be honest. It's like Okada going on the shelf. Um, such an asset. What are you going to do? Well, let's move on to discussing best of the super juniors where we had a very busy week and we will mainly be talking about the show that took place on the 21st at Korakuen Hall. And it's so good to be back at Korakuen. Um, someone told me somewhere that Japan crowds won't remember how to cheer after the pandemic, but they're doing all right, Damon. Um, I mean, the midweek stuff all sort of smushed together in my brain, like that liquid slam advert. Um, I was talking to Manabe, he says that all best of Super Juniors matches should be at Korakuen. And uh, it's hard to argue with that when you see great shows like this. Um, but from all the stuff that happened midweek, Andrew says, what match from best of Super Juniors do you think won't get the love it deserves because of the non-stop nature of the tournament? but should be highlighted. So before we talk about the Korakuen show, was there anything from midweek that really stood out to you? That's a good question. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the, the best matches, and you're right, everything seemed to be just smushed together. And that kind of surprises me, really, looking at that lineup. I really didn't think you would have that. But but that's what we got. Uh, I don't know. What are you thinking? I like the Despi Akira match. I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, that that was from this, that was from the yeah. Korokun show that we're about to discuss. Yeah, that was not that wasn't earlier in the week. I th- I thought Despi versus Yo was fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, I really liked. Wow. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it so much. I thought it was one of the best best matches of the tour, and. Uh, Titan versus Bailey, that one stood out in my mind as being uh, particularly good from midweek. I mean, I watched them all, but again, like I, I said before, the the theme for that big block of shows was high floor, low ceiling. Everything was sort of landing around uh, sort of th- between three and three and three quarter stars if you do the star ratings. So uh, a gentleman's show, a gentleman's tour, yeah. <laughs> to coin the, uh, the Mike Spears phrase. Is that disappointing to you? Is because again we went a into bit. this. Yeah, we went into this. Really I think if excited. they were spread out a bit more and, and maybe went to some different venues, then I don't. Know, I just I think back to tours like twenty eighteen, the twenty nineteen best of the Super Juniors, where 
I can like remember specific shows and matches that stood out and yeah, everything sort of became a bit amorphous here. But I thought they got back to their groove in this show at Coracle Hall. So uh, shall we get on to that one? Then? So yeah, we yeah, opened up that. with a, a Titan, now on 10 points, defeating Doki, who's now on 6 points, uh, 6 minutes, 21 seconds. So I think Titan is better than he was last year. You know, He's more familiar with the roster, so there's a lot more sort of synergy, a lot more chemistry there. I thought his matches, like I said, with Mike Bailey, I thought his match with Leo Rush was very good. And he's got quite an impressive points haul this year. And for Dorky, his midweek stuff, I thought his, the TJP, um, Leo and Bailey matches were all very fun. And he was never really in a shot at making the semis, but I want to see his points record go up because he's been sort of stalling on six for the last couple of years. And I would love to see him get to eight. So, um, yeah, this Titan versus Dorky match, I thought they had very good chemistry, which is expected given their their backgrounds and those Javi sequences, which are very slick. A great opener for the show. And yeah, look, Titan, he's still in the mix. It looks like the Hiromu match is going to be winner goes through yeah. heading the midweek. That kind of surprises me a little bit, right? Um, yeah, I, I look, I can't believe that I'm kind of wishy-washy on what on maybe other shows would be considered really good matches. I, I feel like there's a part of me that doesn't necessarily give them the right due that they that they deserve. Um, I did like this match. Uh, I think Doki has been a pleasant surprise in the sense that I think a lot of people are very high on him. Um, and I am too. Don't get me wrong. But I just I feel like he's he's looking the part now, um, and I think the, one of the biggest challenges that I had with him was, you know, a little bit, and and maybe that's what made him refreshing was that he was so indie <laughs> looking, um, but I think that that that's a thing of the past. Honestly, I think it's a thing of the past. Teton in the mix, that's pretty. I, I don't know. I guess uh, he's doing better than I thought. Let's put it that way. Yeah, maybe they just wanted that Titan Hiromu match to have stakes for both of them, where rather than one guy being eliminated, which kind of reduces the drama a bit. But uh, anyway, uh, Clark Connors, who now on eight points, uh, defeat Yoshinobu Kanemaru, who is still on four, six minutes. I think Clark has also improved a lot on last year. I think the new gimmick is a good fit for him. I really loved the midweek brawl that he had with Desperado. I think that was the moment, to me, it looked like everything was clicking for this new iteration of Clark with his little tiny cocaine spoon necklace. Mm-hmm. And he's wrestling more like the power junior that I wanted him to be last year. And he's been protected, right? You know, he's been given Ghetto as a mouthpiece, which, uh, you know, as you were saying, not for nothing. And even the matches he's lost, uh, they've been like fluke pinfalls or he's got his heat back with post-match beatdowns. So... Yeah, I think we are we, we are doing something. He is getting a push. I mean, it's, he's not winning this tournament, but yeah, there are there are green shoots there, and there's a, a good chance for him to top his eight points from last year because he's facing Dan Maloney next. Uh, Kanemaru likely to be playing spoiler, I think, versus Yo. He's only on four points. He got eight last year, so I think there's a sort of a running theme this year of certain guys getting downcycled. And Kanemaru, you know, just fresh off the back of that great title challenge he had against Hiromu. Uh, yeah, four points. That speaks for itself, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It sure does. You know, six losses, right? If I'm not mistaken. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it does feel like they're they're kind of downsizing him. Um, could, yeah, a spoiler be in the future? I'm probably Clark does look again. We've said it feels like a hundred times at this point, but just plopping them in Bullet Club is instant, instant legitimizing the guy. Um, and I know that, you know, we have a little ways to go still in this tournament, but you know, eight points is nothing to sneeze at, <laughs> you know, considering, you know, the next match that we'll talk about, there's a guy that I'm shocked is so low. Um, you know, Teton with 10 points, what five wins, you know, that's, <laughs> you know, up to this point, you got to be scratching your head because the next one is like, you know, it just seems very odd to me. I do have an update here on Mark Davis. So he's had arthroscopic surgery on his knee to repair a torn meniscus. Oof. Those close to Davis have said he'll be back very soon, citing six weeks or perhaps even shorter. So <laughs> maybe he'll miss Forbidden Door, but be back in time for the G1 just to uh, fuck all the AW fans. But uh, yeah, that's relatively good news, I think. All right, I hope so. I mean, I, when I hear meniscus and all that, I get I do get a little worried. But, you know, these guys have unbelievable recuperative power, so... Fingers crossed. Hopefully. I mean, just keep the fucking belts on them. Christ's sake. Okay, next match was Kushida on four points defeating Sho, who has six points. Wait, was that right? Did Kushida beat Sho? I can't even remember. I, I think Sho's done some interesting and creative stuff with a, a very controversial, very divisive role. He and Evil, I don't know if you're familiar with this reference, David, a bit like Team Rocket from Pokemon with their all their dastardly schemes. Uh, they've been teasing Descent and just maybe maybe some tiny wisps of a, a potential face turn there for show. Um, but yeah, he's on six points compared to the 10 he got last year. Uh, Sheeta's been really interesting too because the, the Ishimori and Hiromi matches midweek were really good uh, with... Uh, Kushi, as I said before, developing that nasty streak. But the fact that he's only on four points, that is, that's really interesting. And yeah. also the right call, I think, that he hasn't slid immediately back into the top of the division. And yeah, I mean, I was thinking back to that very good grapple fuck match he and Sho had in the 2018 Best of the Super Juniors. And this started out like that, but then prepare for trouble and make it double. Looks like Team Torture's blasting off again. Ping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, you know, the, it, Look, it's not 2019. It's not even 2020. Um, it's not, you know. I like the fact that New Japan does have the balls to, and again, going into this show, you know, you soundboard, got, soundboard. Oh, what, what? Oh, oh, let me see if I. You can't, you can't oh, say I, the balls and not do the soundboard. All right, here we are. This man got the fucking balls. There you go. Uh, you know, a guy like Kushida is, you know, going into this four points, right? Uh, and you got a guy like Master Watto, right? 12 points. A guy like Mike Bailey, 12 points. Uh, you know, I kind of like that. I like the idea of of guys, you know, having to take a little bit of a back seat. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not going to be in the mix at the end, but I 
do like the idea of, and they do this a lot, and it's smart. You know, having guys get a nice collection of points, a nice collection of wins. Okay, maybe they fall apart in the end, but the idea is to you know, make them relevant and make them uh, legitimate in in fans' eyes. Um, it, but it's very. It could be very easy to just say, "Okay, Kushida just runs through the block," and and uh, you know, I don't know, uh, fucking uh, blah blah blah, Yo or Hiromo, you know, runs through the block, and both of those those guys have double digit points. But you get my point, you know. It's it's fresher faces that feel like have the wins and the losses, you know. Uh, I mean, Master Watto being one of them, Despy, uh, even Yo, Robbie Eagles, Leo Rush. Um, these are the guys that, and and that makes things exciting for me. Mike Bailey, uh, that that makes things exciting because you know there's going to be twists and turns in that. So it's it's I love it. I really do. Okay, uh, then we had Master Watto who's now 12 points, defeating Bushi, who's stuck on two points in eight minutes. So, uh, yeah, Bushi is on 12. He's beaten his tally of eight points from last year. And I think there's a potential story of him going through all, all of his Wrestle Kingdom opponents from that four-way, or there was at least until Ishimori got injured. Um, but he's now, for me, he's sort of on par with Yo as the next guy, and a guy potentially to go through to the semifinals. I really like his Suten Kaku, uh, that, that big German suplex finisher that he does, and the camera work really sells it. There's like a little camera zooms in and goes all wobbly when he lands. Uh, I think that's pretty cool. And, and yeah, Bushi, he's gone... So two years ago, he got 10 points. Last year, he got eight points. Now he's got two points. Yeah. And he, to me, he's noticeably slowed down. There was that match with Kevin Knight where he landed right on his noggin. I don't know whose fault that was, but that was nasty. Uh, Michael CC from our Discord said, the idea of someone rooting for Bushi in 2023 is insane for me. Might as well cheer a bowl of shredded wheat. We've got a chuckle out of me. Uh, but yeah, can we can we have a Watomania check-in with Damon? How far along on the Watomania scale are we? Um, I think his point production if supersedes what I see in the ring. That being said, the... It's it's much better. He's leaps and bounds better than you know this time two years ago or three years ago or whatever the fuck he debuted. Um, and and you can feel the company kind of getting behind him. Um, I don't know if I have Watomania yet. Uh, I don't know if I ever will. But I will say that my temperature on him has. Uh, what do you say? The stonks, the stonks. Uh, I I m- might be investing shortly. All right, let's move on and discuss Mike Bailey on twelve points defeating Ryusuke Taguchi, who is on zero points. A big sad zero. Uh, Ten minute match there. So some questions, Mike Bailey. Scotty says, uh, speak with Mike Bailey has been a breath of fresh air. Who are your fave brief but bright princes in New Japan? And uh, Daryl says, I'm becoming a huge fan of Speedball, who's very charismatic 
and his vlogs are a great glimpse into the life of the best of the Super Juniors wrestler. But it's hard not to compare him with uh, Alex Zane, who had a, a really bright appearance in Best of the Super Juniors, but then never came back. So I hope there's something a bit more sustained with Bailey, because he feels like <laughs> Arthur chattering away in the background. Uh, he agrees. He, he thinks Bailey's also been one of the MVPs. Um, really over-delivered on my expectations. I thought from midweek, the, the Titan, the Doki, the Kushida matches were all really good. I think his selling is really good. Um, I still think his immediate future is a junior title match in the States. Um, either that's in Impact or the All-Star Junior Show. And Taguchi... Maybe, I mean, that wouldn't shock me if this was his last best of the Super Junior because he's not doing the bum stuff, which I think has led to his best tournament in years. I thought the Hiromu and the TJP matches are really good. And it's, it's almost like a sort of a, a pathos of seeing this older wrestler realising that Father Time's caught up with him and that he can't hang with the rest of the roster anymore. And that got the whole crowd rooting for him in this match against Bailey. Right. That great spot of him outsmarting Bailey with the ring post. And even though he didn't get the win, it just added terrific drama to a really brilliant match. That, you know, if, if Taguchi had like four points, then there's no drama there. So the fact that he's just hunting for this elusive win and he's sitting on the big goose egg, I think has really enhanced this. And I thought this was a, a brilliant match, one of my favorite of the tournament. So I suppose the big question is does he finally get a win over Kushida in his last match? And I just, yeah, I want to throw some love at Taguchi because I think the way he's uh, approached his tournament here has been really quite compelling. Yeah, I mean, the idea, you're right. If if he had four points or two points or whatever, um, it certainly wouldn't, you know, who would give a shit at that point? Having zero uh, and fighting for the elusive win, it is a story in itself. Uh, and the idea of him being, again, nothing's con- been confirmed. But look, there's been plenty of new stars. And even last year, the people that they brought in, there's no shortage of talent that could fill that role. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There really is nothing wrong with that. Uh, I think, though, uh, also what we're looking at is more shenanigans. Right, I think I think that will increase tremendously uh, for him to get his win. So I think uh, you know he'll go back to his his uh, his uh, sneaky ways. His uh, what was it? The T-shirt against Strong Style, King of what now? King uh, Strange Style. Strange. I knew it was an S. Uh, I think that makes a comeback soon. And next match then was Dan Maloney on six points. Uh, now cornered by Great Okan, uh, defeating Robbie Eagles, who remains on 10 after an 11-minute match. Uh, Damon, I did a bit of digging Go and got some really juicy inside info about Dan Maloney. Uh-oh. For a tiny slice of clout, admittedly, but this is off the record, so we'll probably need to edit this out in post. But are you ready? Dan Maloney is in United Empire, because I saw him do the crowns up, and he is a heavyweight packed into the frame of a junior. So I know that information might be shocking, but I think it was important that the the, the listeners hear this stuff. And if you think that's too controversial, then we, we can get rid of it in post. Well, listen, so, you know, there you go. We might have to make a phone call or two to New Japan Brass to make sure that uh, this will see the light of day. I don't want any lawyers or lawsuits coming our way. Uh, it does feel oh, yeah. Teasing aside, um, I, I, it's been... 
a bit of a struggle for Dan Maloney in this tour. Like he's adapting to a new country, uh, a new weight class, a new style, loading new opponents. So he's having to learn a lot of new stuff in a short space of time for a, a fairly unforgiving fan base. If our Discord is anything to go by, so it, oh, our Discord is the like worst. Been... Do not judge anything. By <laughs> yeah, <them. laughs> Do not. They, they have been desperate to uh, throw Dan Maloney in the bin as soon as possible. So. I've really wanted him to do well. And there have been glimpses of it, but Kel fucking surprise, it's Robbie Eagles who manages to help him put it all together and give him comfortably his best match of the tournament. Yes. And, you know, we saw pieces start to fall into place in Maloney's matches against Despi and Acura. But after this match, I thought, yes, there's something there. And how great was that finish? Like smooth as silk with that counter, a, a really complex spot uh, into the driller killer but executed perfectly. I hope he can use this to push on and build on this because prior to this match, I think most fans would have said thanks, but no thanks if you're considering whether or not you give him a second invite to Japan. But I think this is a performance that won a lot of people over. And Robbie, just a perfect foil for Dan, a, a guy who can structure a match around Maloney's strengths, you know, build up the momentum for Dan to stop dead by knocking him out of his boots pacing was spot on uh, honestly David I'm getting bored of talking about how fucking good Robbie Eagles is one of the most selfless opponents who can make anyone look good yep. and look this isn't me saying Maloney's some scrub who got dragged to a good match I thought Maloney was really good here but you know Robbie could probably get a three-star match out of me he's that good at his job and um, I don't think he makes it out of the block it's a damn shame that he got his flowers during the play gear because I think he deserves another run with a top prize in front of a, an appreciative crowd at some point in the future yeah I mean, the proof's in the pudding, right? Um, I mean, again, it helps that there's some comfortability between the two. And, you know, just, just the fact that they both speak the same language, I'm sure, helps. Um, yeah, I mean, look, it's we talk about it a lot in the sense of, you know, going overseas and, and vice versa when, when you know, Japanese pro wrestlers come over uh, to the States or to England. I mean, you, you got to consider that you know, they're not flying first class, <laughs> you know, the, the majority of the time uh, they're, you know, squeezed into a seat for 12, 14 hours, whatever the case may be. And they're going out there and trying to have, you know, make a mark and, 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 and have their lives change. Uh, and impress people. And we all know how difficult that is in the wacky world of pro wrestling where, you know, if they're wearing the wrong color fucking shoelace, you know, people are going to uh, wag a finger. Uh, it's highly stressful and, and physically demanding. And, you know, new world, new culture, new everything. Um, it's it's it's. It takes some time for some people, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, I I honestly don't feel that Dan Maloney is any worse than anyone else on the uh, in this tournament. I think he's done fine. Uh, has he blown anybody away? Uh, maybe not, but I think this match with Robbie helps a lot. Uh, you know, eight points, that's kind of where we thought he would sit. We, I don't think anybody sat here and said, you know, he was making it to the finals. Um, I thought he's, I thought, I think he's doing fine. Be honest. I don't, I don't know where the, uh, 
the big issue is. No, agree. I think he's been been pretty good so far. And uh, improving, that's what you want to see. You want to see that upward trajectory, which is what we're getting. Yep. Um, Okay, Leo Rush, 12 points, defeats TJP on 8 points, 12 minutes, 49 seconds. Two of the absolute MVPs of this tournament putting on a, a really cerebral, really creative match. Just a pair of absolute pros. They've got very idiosyncratic styles and they just learn so much on their respective paths, which, you know, a lot of similarities there, actually. And they are two guys who I think are able to deliver the best of that US indie style without any of the self-indulgent hokiness that it so often lurches into. So just tremendous stuff here. Love both these guys. And yeah, Leo goes through with a win over Mike Bailey midweek. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how many times they've wrestled each other. Um, I kind of want to see Leo Rush and TJP matches by our good friends at Cage a Match. Uh, la, 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 uh, other matches, I think, is where I want to go. Ah, their first singles match. Wow. I mean, according to Cage Match, that's pretty wild. I would have thought they worked. I guess they were just crossing paths with each other. I guess, right? Um, boy, I would have thought that that. I mean, they, they had tag matches in the past. But, yeah, wow. That, that, that kind of shocking to me. Um. Yeah, I mean, look, how many times are we going to fucking say it? The, the Leo Rush. <sighs> Man, what a breath of fresh air! I, 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 I'm, I'm dead serious. I think he's. If they wanted to, we could have, we could have some fun, <laughs> you know, him around and him with the title, or that could be fun. I, 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 I think. Sometimes, and I, I understand, and I know still people to this day are like, ah, you can't trust them. I, I think we crossed that bridge, don't you think? I think we're, we're okay. Yeah, can, can we stop with the, the jokes about Leo Rush retiring? I, you know, I think he had legitimate concerns. You know, as a, a fellow dad, you know, he was worried that he couldn't lift his children anymore. So I will absolutely empathize with that sentiment. And yeah, look, he's, he's an emotional guy. He, you know, he wears his heart on his sleeve. So I, I, I celebrate that. I think that's one of his strengths and one of the reasons why he's connected with the fans so well. So, um, yeah, no more jokes about him retiring, please, because he's he's done more than enough to prove himself. Right, right. He's he's committed. Let's let's be honest. Uh, he's he, you know, he's he's here and he's doing very well. And you know, until otherwise, I think we're we're okay. Um. But yeah, this I thought this match was really great. I really enjoyed this match. I am shocked that this is I I swear to God, I thought I was gonna see like 20 matches. First time. It's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. I did not expect that. Yeah, but. that one that stands out is the um WWE one from 2018. Cedric Alexander versus Grand Metalik versus Leo Rush versus TJP versus Tony Nee. So that was one I was like, oh, that's yeah. an interesting one considering where all of those wrestlers have got it to be. Yep. Um, excuse Arthur reading a book in the background. <laughs> so we move on to discuss uh, Yo on 12 points, defeating Kevin Knight on 6 points. Kevin Knight's been really fun to watch. I don't mean this as a, a criticism. His flaws are, are more noticeable against the absolute elite wrestlers he's been up against. I think it's, it's his striking, his kicks in particular, they need work. 
And I'm not, I'm not sure who was at fault for the bushy head drop that I mentioned earlier, but I did have my heart in my mouth. But again, these are not things that I'm worried about. You expect a, a young guy with relatively little experience to have things he needs to work on, and I'm sure he'll get there. But Yo, I think I deserve to, uh, he deserves an apology because he is showing more than two out of 10 charisma particularly in the Despy match midweek. I mentioned back at Sacra Genesis that there was something brewing between Yo and Despy. And I thought Yo, in just in terms of his shithousery in that match against Despy, was like prime Rudo Naito with, you know, mocking all of Despy's poses and mannerisms. I thought that was a really great match, really tremendous dynamics. And I, yeah, whether it, I think it's he or Wato that goes through, that's a coin flip for me. But I am sort of leaning towards Kanemaru playing spoiler, but I've seen significant strides from Yo in terms of his character work this tournament. I think he's doing really well. Yeah, me too. I, 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 and, and that's saying something. I mean, we really didn't have anywhere to go but up. <laughs> but uh, you got to give him the flowers that he deserves. I think I think he's had a strong tournament. I don't know if I would go so far as to say, like, this is a coming out party and, you know, he's, you know, he's the, he's going to be the guy, but uh, there were there ha- or there have been strides, and you could see that in the way that he carries himself. You could see that uh, in in ring, and uh, you know this is a guy that was it last year in, in the finals with him. So I mean they they definitely trust him. They definitely don't have a problem putting him in. Um, maybe not the brightest of spotlights, but like a a, a spotlight. Uh, and I think the best thing I could say is that this tournament is, is helping him reach another level that he desperately needed. Now, will he be able to, uh, feed off of that and continue that after the tournament? I don't know. I I, I gotta be honest with you. That really depends upon a lot of the booking. Uh, which might be out of his hands, but I think he's doing everything in his power to kind of shake the cobwebs and and I don't I'm not going to say reinvent himself, but it does feel like he's he's taken another level, which is very very refreshing. And then we had Hiromu Takahashi twelve points defeating Taiji Ishimori, who remains on ten by referee's decision after ten minutes. So Taiji Shimori has suffered an injury to his cervical vertebrae last, last night at Korokan Hall. He will miss the remainder of best of the Super Juniors. And this was such a shame because I thought Ishimori had a pretty strong week against uh, Leo Rush and Kushida. So I was really looking forward to this match, which started so well. And I had Ishimori using all the big spots from the 2018 best of Super Juniors final against Hiromu. Like he used the running drop kick against Hiromu, where Hiromu used it on him in 2018. But again, it may be churlish to bemoan the loss of the match when Ishimori suffered what sounds like a really nasty injury. So apparently he's at home and has got full range of movement and is recovering there. So we really hope he's okay. Um, Louis says injuries are the worst part of watching wrestling from career-ending injuries to short or long-term injuries. This is a far-fetched question. What can wrestlers do to prevent injuries? I know Osprey made a video about changing his style. What else can wrestlers do? I mean, to me, Damon, it's almost a wonder that this kind of thing doesn't happen more often because these are elite performers where the margin for error is razor thin yep. and just remarkable that Ishimori tried to keep going like the absolute guts of the man to try and power through with a, a, a near broken neck because he didn't want to let down the fans so let's all keep that in mind when we're talking shit about these guys and 
bitching about them dogging it or whatever. I'm never going to say that about Ishimori again. Just a, just a real shame here. It is. It's scary, too. I mean, when you start talking about neck and spine, cervical injuries, I mean, you're, 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 I don't, I, again, I'm not, I'm not downplaying a broken ankle. I'm not downplaying a, a you know, ACL or whatever, because it feels like those things are with rehab or recoverable. Um, I, I'm sure every one of our listeners can, you know, point to a friend or a neighbor or uh, somebody they work with that, you know, has had similar injuries. But when you start talking about the fucking neck, whew, that's, that's, uh, that's scary shit. Uh, and you're right. And you're right. Now, again, we are a podcast that reviews shows and review and, and, and we talk about guy's performance and and there's i don't think there's anything wrong with that and i don't think that's going to change um because you you get that with every sport you know a guy that has been you know maybe fighting injury and uh you know hasn't disclosed it but you know he's, he's been playing with a broken wrist or he's you know a bum knee or whatever the case may be that being said it is amazing how, and again, we're talking about injuries that put you on the shelf for a long time, uh, not your standard pro wrestling bumps and bruises. It is amazing how this doesn't happen more often. Um, it's look, you could this injury could have occurred on the simplest of moves. Um, you know, some of the things that people have been really, really, really hurt on uh, have been you know, kind of innocent moves. It's not that triple flip to the floor. You know, it's not that. It's, you know, a back body drop. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, a front bump, a front face bump, uh, you know, things like that. So, yeah, it is amazing that that you don't see this. And thank God you don't. Um, that being said, you, I don't know, like it's, look, it's easy to sit here and say, uh, you know, don't do that crazy shit. Don't do stuff that will, will compromise your health. But in the same breath, we sit here and we do a fucking podcast talking about how great, you know, matches are. And a lot of that has to do with the the, the dangerous shit they're doing in the ring. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really don't know the answer to that. I don't, I, I, f- I don't know the answer to it. But here's the thing with pro wrestling is that it absolutely evolves. And got, like, because the nature of what this is, is to get reactions and we're at a point where there's no turning back. Like you're not going to go back to the seventies and, and, and grab a fucking hold. Um, that's just not where we are. Um, so you hope that, you know, these guys have the basics down and they're in shape and they're able to, to walk out of the ring and go home to their families. That's really, really it. Um, and you do get worried when, you know, you see some of the stuff that goes on in a ring, uh, and how are they able to walk away from it? 
it's um, you know it's scary. And our main event here was El Desperado down twelve points, defeating Francesco Acura on eight points in a twenty-five minute spectacular. Yeah. And we had questions about Francesco Acura, so. Aaron Kirby says, is anyone else drinking the Acura Kool-Aid with me? Sky's the limit for him. Damon, he's 23. Yep. Francesco Acura is 23 years old. I wasn't good at anything when I was 20. I thought I was, but I wasn't. I really wasn't. And this guy's out here working like a veteran, a a guy who looks like he's wrestled 10 best of the Super Juniors. And there are no flaws in his game. None. He is technically brilliant. Doesn't miss a beat in the high-speed sequences. He can be a base for the high flyers. He can work the crowd. He can tell a story. And I don't think Arthur agrees with me. I don't think anyone is really talking enough about how good this kid is. And it's so good to see him getting a main event singles match at a show like this and and knock it out of the park. And, of course, he is playing a very effective tweener role at the moment. But this, I think, shone a light on the potential of a a big, big babyface run eventually. Like him throwing the towel away because he wanted to go out on his shield. I thought his selling was fantastic. So I'm so excited about what the future holds for Acura because this guy is the truth, I'm telling you. And look, we know how good Despi is. It's wonderful to see him acting as the grumpy veteran foil for these upstarts like Yo and Acura and Connors. And just great, a, a really good run seeing during the pandemic, seeing Despi as the junior ace. But I think he's a lot more entertaining when he's slapping down these little punks who are trying to fuck with him. Like I, I love his little sassy mannerisms. Uh, there's very few mask wearers in the business who can emote with the the uh, acerbic subtlety of uh, an El Desperado. He's just so fun to watch. And then, you know, twisting Acura up like a pretzel to teach him a lesson. Just a, a brilliant match to top off probably my favorite show of the tournament. Best of the Super Genius, David. Stick I, it in my mouth. You. I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, you made a great point about the way that he can emote with um, a mask because there are people that really struggle with that. Uh, it's not the easiest thing to do, um, and he's able to do that. Uh, look, to me, and and I really have no qualms about saying this, Aside from uh, Leo Rush, my blue chipper, my, I'll tell you what, a guy that I would love to see more singles, I would love to see uh, more of a role, and I think one of the most underrated and talented guys New Japan has in on their roster is Francisco Akira. Uh, the, you know, guys like this come up, come along not often, right? A guy that seems to have from an in-ring perspective, just you're right. If he has a flaw in his game, I really haven't seen it. And if it is a flaw in his game, it's so minor that, you know, it's it's almost, you know, you're not even aware of it. Um, I just feel like they have a guy that is, is a future. Like him and Shota and Ren and 
it feels to me like they have this little nucleus, this little pocket of, you know, 20 year old, you know, maybe high 20s that just feel to me that they are going to be like if you invested in them and with the stonks, like, like you, you have a fucking crew that you can build off of for quite a few years. It feels like, um, like to me, the future, like if this match doesn't tip you off that the future is bright, um, and they have, you know, a lot of, I, I say blue chippers. I don't know what will like this match. <laughs> it's going to help. It's going to help them. Uh, it's going to help them. And it, and, and I think one of the bigger problems is that this tournament just has such a glutton of just awesome talent um, that maybe some people get lost in the shuffle. I think, I think he's doing everything he can to not. Um, I'm so impressed with him. Like, I don't know. I, I think I think he's a future guy. I really, really, really honestly do. Um, and the only thing that would hold him back would be the promotion just being dumb. <laughs> really. But here's the thing, I don't I don't even think they're they're that stupid. You know? They're they're not that dumb. They have to see it. Um I'm a fan. He, he he's quickly becoming not only a, a must watch, but one of my favorites. Yep, very quickly. Yeah, I really enjoyed this show. I was just looking at the cage match page. The most recent uh, comments from the cage match inmates. So, Suplex City 45 rated this show 6 out of 10 and says a lot of matches. Sure, some were very good, but some were disappointing and boring. This reminds me of WrestleMania 35, but worse. <laughs> I'm sure we're all sitting there watching this best of Super Junior, so thinking, yeah, this, this reminds me of WrestleMania. <laughs> I mean, anyway, uh, <laughs> the internet's a wonderful place, isn't it? All right. Uh, we've got two shows coming up. Hopefully, this one gets this gets uploaded before the first show. So, we've got Double Header at the Osaka Prefectural Gym number two, the Edian Arena Osaka, where we have our block final. So, I just want to shout out. Uh, some fantastic work done by a friend of the show, Jay Michael, on Voices of Wrestling, where he has just uploaded um, A-Block Final Night scenarios. So, basically, A-Block still in the mix. We have uh, Bailey, Leo Rush, and Hiromu on 12 points, Titan and Ishimori on 10. So, obviously, Ishimori is not able to compete anymore, so he will be out. So, the weird thing here is that, basically, um, we were expecting Mike Bailey against Leo Rush to be the main event, because that will be a simple sort of winner goes through. Now, if Leo beats Mike Bailey, then Titan is eliminated, which makes it weird that they've made Hiromu versus Titan the main event. Hmm. It would have been made much more sense for Bailey versus Leo to be the main event to avoid that happening. So now we're in a situation where, yeah, Leo beats Bailey in the semi-main, then Titan's already out, which they could do. Uh, but it would be a bit of a weird move. So basically, I was thinking Leo wins and Hiromu wins. So Hiromu and Leo Rush going through to the semifinals. But now because they've put that as the main event, I'm kind of questioning that and thinking maybe Mike Bailey goes through to the semifinal just because it would be a bit weird having a main event where one of you guys is already eliminated. Right. But 
I don't know, maybe New Japan just don't think of that stuff. I'm still, you know, I'm going to stick to my guns and think New Japan are just being weird. And I'm still going to say Leo Rush and Hiromu to go through. But just keep that in mind that it would actually make more booking sense for Mike Bailey to win to keep T-Town alive going into that main event. So, uh, Damon, your picks, please. Who's going through from A Block? I mean, why would they do that? Like, why would they? Because you're right. Why would they put that? Ma- what the? F- what a dummy! Exactly. Um, hmm. I mean, to me, I'm just trying to think of the math in my head, and it hurts. Um. Yeah, I. I I, I I think that's a weird pick. I mean, they're 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 putting a lot of stock in in the guy Bailey, Mike Bailey. Uh, if they do go that route, man, that's pretty amazing to 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 walk in and and be that much of a spotlight. And which which, but here's the thing too: you would think that that means there's a future. For him in the in the promotion, you would think. But yeah, why would they move that fucking match? Hmm. I think he goes. He goes. He moves on. Mike Bailey. Wow. Impact pro wrestler going through <laughs> to the semifinals. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but you're right. It's like why like why would they do that? Like that just seems silly to me, right? Like to have that match positioned on the card that way, like why? Like it would be meaningless. Hmm. But but yeah, just having the words come out of my mouth that Mike Bailey, you know, that seems very odd to me as well. So who knows? They're fucking look. Hopefully, Rocky Romero's not booking it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, because we have have a walk and brawl, and somehow John Moxley being involved, Uh, and then uh, Ricky Reyes probably making an appearance as well. Yeah. Uh, Okay, then uh, in the B block we still have we got Despy, Yo, and Watto on twelve points, and Robbie Eagles on ten points. So, as J. Michael outlines, um, most likely here is Watto defeat Kevin Knight. Then Kanemaru spoiling Yo, and then what I assume will be the main event, so therefore it won't be, uh, Desperado versus Eagles. Despy beating Eagles to go through, because if Yo and Watto win both their matches, then Eagles is already eliminated before he even sets foot in the ring. Okay. If Yo wins and Watto loses, the best result for Eagles is an unbreakable three-way tie with Despy and Watto. But if Watto wins and Yo loses, as I've said, then Yo's eliminated and the Despy versus Eagles match becomes winner advances and loser goes home. Um, if Watto and Yo both lose and Eagles beats Despy, the Eagles win the block. So I think, yeah, most likely scenario, Watto beats Kevin Knight, Kanemaru spoils Yo, and then Despy versus Eagles, Eagles. for all the marbles. And I think I, I would say Despy to go through there. So yeah. my pick to proceed will be El Desperado and Master Watto. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I just want that match to to have some juice going into it. You know, I want that match to be 
you know, a lot of lot at stake because it, it'll it'll just make it that much greater. I mean, think of this: Robbie Eagles versus El Desperado. Holy fuck! Come on, and and now add some add some stakes to it. Put some shit on the line for this. <laughs> yeah, that might. I, I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie. That that might be the match of the of the entire tournament. On paper, that might be the match of the entire tournament. All right. So then, as I've outlined it with my predictions, we would have in the semifinals. So this would be Friday in Yoyogi. Uh, Leo Rush against Master Wato, mm-hmm. and then El Desperado versus Hiromu Takahashi. So I said to you, I think they want to do Hiromu versus Despi in front of a cheering crowd. I think this might be where they do it in the semifinals because I suspect they would want a legitimate, sexy main event for that show in Yoyogi. So I think that's where we're going to get Hiromu versus Despi. So... Semi-final one, Leo versus Watto. Semi-final two, Hiromu versus Despi. And I think... Oh, this is really hard to predict. We're going Hiromu, Leo? No. I was going to say Watto, Despi going through Mm. for the finals. Because the problem is, right, if you have Hiromu win, then let's say it's Watto, Hiromu in the final... Watto beats Hiromu and then faces him again at Dominion. I don't think we're doing that. Right. So I think Watto Despi is your best of the Super Juniors final. I'm going Watto Mania. I said Watto gets his win back over Despi because, you know, Despi was one of his opponents, not only in the Wrestle Kingdom match, but I think, if I'm not mistaken, Despi beat Watto in the blocks. So then Watto gets his win back in the final and then goes on to face Hiromu and wins at Dominion. Mm. I don't know whether he wins because, you know, there's the specter of the 12 record-breaking defences right. on the horizon. Right. That could just be a red herring and Watomania happens at Dominion. But, yeah, that is my official prediction for the rest of the best <clears throat> of the Super Juniors. How do you see it playing out? I, what I want is the opposite. <laughs> what I would want is... Uh, Leo Rush in the in the mix in the finals, uh, and again, if we wanted to go back and and do Hiromu again, that'd be fine. It does feel like it's 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 a Watto type of year, you know, where last year it was Yo. Uh look, if they're going to do it, they're going to do it here, right? This this got to start somewhere, and you're right. It's uh, it's scary to say <laughs> to me, but it does seem well, again. Th- this is really going to be a monumental time for good old Master Watto. Um, let's see. If we, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, c- can I ask you this? Again, he's gotten a lot of wins, and he's in the mix, and he's. What what has your opinion been of him in ring so far? I think he's very good, but there's still st- the occasional wobble. Like 
him sort of wobbling on the the, the bridge of a, a suplex that makes me think like mm-hmm. if he stopped doing that then I think we would have a a top top class performer on our hands and he, to be fair he's not doing that as often as he used to I really do think he's improved a lot and tightened, tightened his game up and towards the back half of last year when they had that incredible tag match where he was I think he was, he was teaming up with Despi against Hiromu and Ishimori I really thought, okay, yeah, we've, we've got something here. The crowd are really connecting with him. I thought the Wrestle Kingdom match was really well-structured to have all those moments where you're like, oh, he's going to do it. Oh, no, and it kept getting snatched away from him. Uh, so I think at that point I was fully watto pilled So now, yes, I am on board with best of the super blooniers because oh, he's blue. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh. So, yeah, he, he, is not, he is not the best wrestler in this field of juniors there are guys who i think are better all-round performers than him but at the same time i'm invested in the story and i think new japan need to push their native talent yep particularly guys who come through their dojo system so whilst i really love guys like robbie eagles and leo rush and francesco akira i see that Putting the the rocket strap to someone like Watto is a better long term investment. Yeah. So, not my favourite guy in the field. I think there are wrestlers who are better than him, but I think this is the right play for this time. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, if, if it's going to happen, you would think it's going to happen here. Um, he has a couple opportunities to really take take the ball and run with it. So. Yeah, you're right in in the sense of, you know, if we're looking for the future, he's probably the smartest move to to give him the trophy. So, yeah. I, I mean, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen the Master Watto four-and-a-half-star match, five-star match. Haven't seen it. It's not there. Uh He's got some opportunities now and uh, big spotlights. Let's see what happens, man. You know, let's, let's, let's see again. I don't think, you know, let's put it this way. It's not like, I think it's the handwriting is on the wall for this to happen. Um, and the match quality, it, it, it's not going to impact too much unless he goes in there and completely fucking shits the bed. Um, I think they're happy with what they have. And if if we're gonna make a star, this is where we do it. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if that 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 Watto mania is happening, but um, I think it's a solid pick. Let's put it that way. All right, and a, another perfectly timed podcast as we are taking close to six a.m. and me needing to get to work. So. Uh, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to throw some money my way specifically if I need to drag my ass well I say out of bed I, I'm still in bed but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean yes. uh, if you want a discord link please send me a direct message on twitter and you can join our uh, server full of freaks uh, at Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast for our t-shirts thank you editor Dan who's on twitter at LousyHero219 Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other great shows. And do check out J. Michael's article on voicesofwrestling.com 
for the block final night scenarios. A really interesting read. Uh, give us a five state review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Jcast. Thank you everybody for listening and goodbye. My name's Neil David, and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at EuroGrapsEXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there.